Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain was episode two of our eye-opening mini-series with Sifted. I was joined by Kevin Miller, VP of Data Insights, to talk all about what simulation and modeling means, common misconceptions, the benefits of using simulation to make smart supply chain adjustments, and how predictive modeling has the potential to revolutionize your business's sustainability goals. We also heard from Jolene from FarEye in our Woman in Supply Chain series, and she had so much amazing information. We learned about her journey in PR and what it takes to really get behind a product and tell stories. She loves to tell stories. We also talked about how she has been empowering women since the very beginning. So they were both interesting episodes. And so I hope you have enjoyed them. But if you missed them, go and catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com or the Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube channel, or again, anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O dot com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm joined by one of the leading domestic and international freight forwarders in the U.S. Whether it's air, ground, or ocean freight, they take a personal approach to creating customized logistics solutions and are passionate about fostering the best customer relationships possible and exceeding expectations each and every time. Do you have any idea who it is? Well, I will reveal it after our poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, does pineapple belong on pizza? Now we've had 1,122 votes and it is neck and neck. 50% of you said yes. 50% of you said no. Audrey said, yes, it's it absolutely does. If I could vote twice, I would. will absolutely defend this Canadian-invented recipe. Uh, Courtney used uh, emojis. Pineapple plus pizza equals hard-eye emoji. 
Uh, Heather says, wow, it is tied at this point. Interesting. LOL. It's a no for me. Tom, although they are native to South America, I don't see another way to add ingredients to Hawaiian pizza than to have pineapple and ham included. CJ says, my old go-to at uni, pineapple and black olives on barbecue sauce. Wow. Mark says, my wife says yes, and I say no. That's going to be an interesting pizza night. Sean says, 100% yes, it does. I love how this topic is endlessly so divisive. Daryl says, absolutely not. Pure blasphemy. <laughs> and Giuseppe says, may as well put pineapple on a burger. Anyways, we had so many people weigh in. Just a friendly reminder that we like to have fun with our polls of the week. We do get some people in supply chain who get very upset that our questions are not about supply chain. But we have heard from you, our audience, and we know that we post so much about supply chain that sometimes... You just want to have something fun to do within this industry to take your mind off of what is going on in your day-to-day -day and just have some fun with your community. And so that's why we don't always post a question about supply chain. But thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. And remember, we will be back again next Wednesday morning with another one. And who knows, it might be supply chain related. It might just be to have a little bit fun and do some networking. And now back to today's podcast and which unique global freight forwarder is joining me today? Well, it's Estes Forwarding Worldwide. EFW is one of the leading domestic and international freight forwarders in the U.S., providing customized logistics solutions for clients around the world and across all industries, including retail, government, automotive, health services, and technology. A subsidiary of Estes Express Lines and with over 400 employees nationwide, the company earned its billionth dollar in revenue in 2017. Today, Michael, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at EFW, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the rising focus on home delivery, moving from fixed to flexible, and why everyone needs to be thinking about capacity. But before we dive in, let's learn a little bit more about Michael. As Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing, Mike leads the growth journey for EFW. He spent 21 years with Estes Express Lines, holding leadership roles in sales, administration, customer experience, and digital integration. He has always maintained a focus on being a strategic, quality-driven change agent with a relentless pursuit of improving customer experience and building long-term, high-value relationships. Originally from Long Island, New York, Mike is a graduate of the State University of New York in Geneseo and has a master's in information technology from AIU. So welcome to the show, Michael. Great to be here, Sarah. I am so excited to have you here. I have been hearing a lot about EFW. But That's I know awesome. that it goes by another name, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Okay. So why don't you talk us through the journey and the evolution of Estes Forwarding, or EFW, yeah. and um, what exactly it is that you do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an exciting story. So uh, EFW stands for Estes Forwarding Worldwide. Love um, it. Estes is the largest privately held transportation company in the United States, based wow. in Richmond, Virginia. 
91 years old, the bones of it really primarily in LTL, it's a big asset uh, based company, 21,000 employees. And about 19 years ago, um, Scott Fisher, who's our CEO and at EFW today, came to the Estes organization. We had a marketing partnership with a company he was with and said, hey, I want to start a freight forwarding arm under the umbrella of Estes. And so okay. the Estes uh, leadership team and family said, let's do it and, and funded it. And that was 19 years ago. And wow. uh, we've grown tremendously. Yeah. So, so EFW, the E, we're very proud of that E and EFW because it, it is Estes. And I've been with Estes for 22 years before I came to EFW. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know that forwarding is in my background. Logistics is totally in my blood because yes. I spent 20 years myself on the logistics side in international freight, warehousing, you name it. And so it's definitely my world. So talk to us a little bit about exactly what you do over at EFW. Yeah, we are a freight forwarder and logistics company. We um, we have a quite a, a wide uh, uh, scope of services. We're a truckload brokerage, and I do that over. Yep. Okay. Uh, we're a truckload brokerage. Uh, we are in the warehousing business. We have about four million square feet of, of warehouse space. Nice. Uh, we're a domestic, expedited, kind of that traditional freight forwarder, that domestic hotshot expedited. Um, we do uh, international, air, ocean, import, export. We actually uh, have a a, a, an amazing trade show exhibit services division that, really? that does this kind of stuff awesome. and, and okay. you know some of the booths that were delivered here uh, uh, were, were customers of ours so um, yeah we have a, a just just a, a full full suite of logistic services yeah and kind of a, you know a one solution for everybody yeah right we we do have uh, you know some of our, our best customers are those that we we, we get to do a lot of things for them. A lot, yeah. a lot of times, relationships start uh, with with one or two. You know, maybe it's truckload, or yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 they grow expand and expand. Out. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot about trade show logistics, and that is not easy. So no. <laughs> but let's talk about trucking. Okay. Because trucking has been really at the forefront of what we've been talking about in supply chain, and it's something yeah. that you do, right? Yes. I mean, we're looking at labor shortages, I mean, also in the warehousing too, but like yes. labor shortages, fuel prices, that kind of thing. What should people be really thinking about for trucking going into 2023 um, and how they're thinking about their domestic transportation? Yeah, the, the, the trucking landscape is, uh, it's it's been crazy, especially over the last several years through COVID. We're still dealing with uh, capacity issues in, in some areas, not as bad as, you know, maybe a year ago, it's, it's improved, but we, we've still got capacity constraints. Um, it's still a tremendously fragmented business, right? I mean, I, I forget the stat that the majority of truckload carriers that are out there have five or fewer power units. And um, so just literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of small trucking companies out there running around. So, so it's fragmented. Um, I think we, you know, we're seeing a lot of great technology come in to, uh, to help solve for some of that. Yeah. Um, fuel, it's been, it's still high. It's been on the way down. So that, that's, that's a good thing. Hopefully it, it continues. And, yeah. and, and uh, so I, I think uh, it's an exciting space to be. Um, and, but driver shortages is something that I don't think there's a, an end to anytime soon. Um, looking for ways to solve for that too. It's all part of the capacity challenge we've got. Uh, just 
the population bubble of the baby boomers kind of yeah. getting older, and a lot of drivers are in that in that bubble. So we're having to uh, to replace them. But anyway, it's yeah, it's a lot going on in that space right now. Yeah, and it's a big topic right now, right? Um, but talk to us a little bit more about how you help your customers really tackle some of the challenges that are in supply chain. And also, a lot of customers and organizations in supply chain are thinking about their supply chain as a competitive advantage. Oh, yeah. So how do you support them in that? How do you partner and collaborate with your customers to really help them have that competitive advantage? It's a good question. We, um, so because we're, a non, we're the non-asset entity under the Estes umbrella, we're in this really unique position to be anchored to this you know, $5 billion, 91-year-old, you know, debt-free company that, you know, I call it the rock of Estes. And then we have, we're able to be this nimble, non-asset provider. We, we, we call ourselves a uh, uh, kind of a hybrid forwarder, a hy hybrid logistics provider. So we're able to extend, we're, we're not constrained by just, some companies, if they use just asset providers, they're constrained by the assets of, of that company. We're yeah. able to, you know, we have 10,000 um, uh, asset providers that we that, that we work with, and, and, but we're backed by this 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 great network. So that's a real advantage for our customers. Uh, the scope of our services, often we'll get in, and it's around one particular solution they need help with. And our our team does a really good job, I think, of, of learning about the the hot spots in their supply chain. We we invest a lot of time at the executive level. Um, we have very strategic conversations uh, with our customers, and uh, just the. Uh, just we, we, we have so many different things we can solution for. So, um, you know, some, I'm sure we'll talk about some more of those things. But yeah. yeah, and I think customer service is really top of mind for you. And it's obviously top of mind for your clients as well. Customer service, customer experience, it's yeah. how they retain their customers, right? It's yeah. how they get new business. And I think you've adopted the net promoter score yes in really um, achieving high customer satisfaction and service for your clients. So talk to us through that and why that's so important. Yeah, I gave a talk yesterday downstairs. Uh, the, the title was uh, CX and Logistics, a power couple, right? It's this, this fusion of yes. CX and logistics. And, Love that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's huge. I, I, the, the opportunity to drive customer experience through uh, that supply chain or through that the logistics process is tremendous. A lot of people think of customer experience as all that that um, that customer facing, customer service or sales or marketing. But really, a lot of the impact that we feel as customers when something's delivered to us in a home delivery environment or uh, it's it's all the, the problems originate in the supply chain. So, um, so I, true. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think we. We, we talk to our customers about that. It is, a, it is a real focus for us. NPS, we adopted a number of years ago. NPS is a, is a cool metric, if you think about it. It's not just on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you, how satisfied were you? It's, it's how likely would you be to refer us, right? Ah, That's a more critical lens. And that's so, huge for you know, forwarding and... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a more, it makes you stop for a moment. And, and so customers are, are a little more critical. We have a really well-evolved well, um, and granular NPS program. Um, we follow up with our customers uh, via email, over the phone, via text. We, 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 we reach out to a tremendous number of, uh, if we have any detractors, we want to know what happened, how can we, you know, how can we make it better? We recover really well. And then I think one of the ways, and, and 
customers, it's not as easy to see, but we take that data in a very granular way. We analyze it, um, we carve it up, and we learn from it. And, and very, either very specifically, we could learn that we have a, a, a problem maybe with a, a driver team in a particular market, and right. we address it very specifically. Or maybe we've got something that's a little more um, systemic, and we say, you know, we've got you know, 27 kind of comments coming out around this. Mm -hmm. let's, let's go to yeah. work on that in our operation and try to tune that up. So that NPS program's been huge for us, um, and we'll do even custom NPS surveys at the account level or customer level or within one of their divisions, so we can be very flexible with it. And I even, you know, it's, it's so important to us. My, uh, uh, and our, our customer, sir, uh, customer experience leader is here with us nice. today, and he's at the show, and. A lot of our, a lot of the folks that have come by the booth have had a good time talking to him, and he's good. he's all about it. So well, and you can be proactive rather than reactive. Yes. When a challenge arises, which I think is really really big, especially in supply chain, and that's what clients really want to be able to rely on you for. Yes. Right. Yes. Because I, they want to be proactive instead of reactive, and it, like you said, it's like a domino effect, and what everybody does from one end of the supply chain to another really affects each other. Oh, there's there's no question. It's 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 all linked together. I mean, just you know, supply chains full of uh, full of bottlenecks and full of opportunities for things to go wrong. Yeah. Um, they do go wrong, and I think you know, uh, great partners, logistics providers are ones that um, you know try to get ahead of that. Try to learn. You know, why did that happen last time, and let's avoid it in the future. But when it does happen. They also recover very quickly. So. Yeah, yeah, all all really really key points. Now let's talk about e-commerce. Yeah. What do you do in the e-commerce space? What are some of the challenges that you've seen? How do you, how are you seeing it evolve? Like, what are your customers asking for now that maybe they didn't ask for before? E-commerce is uh, you know over the last few years we all know e-commerce has just been crazy. It's been explosive. I mean, COVID, people that would buy you know a uh, a, a case for their iPhone three years ago and that was it, are now buying a sofa online. And they've, they've kind of, we've leapfrogged, I don't know what the number is, but nine years I think in e-commerce. So you had companies that weren't e-commerce retailers that had to be all of a sudden, otherwise they were kind of out of the game. Um, so the, a big challenge for our industry I think has been with that explosive you know, tidal wave of e-commerce demand, how do, how do we deal with it? And then all these companies that maybe weren't ready for all that demand. How do they deal with it? So, you know, we have, um, uh, we've, we've scaled up. We have, uh, you know, our, our e-commerce practice was, was pretty healthy to begin with. Fortunately, we, there's some really large retailers that we are the exclusive e-commerce home delivery provider of, of, uh, of heavy goods or big and bulky items. Um, it's, you know, we're, we're here because we're, we're heavily invested in that space. That's something we do really well. We've got a a dedicated control tower in our operations team that does nothing awesome. that, 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 uh, but that. We've invested in a ton of technology. Our NPS program is really geared and it was yeah. kind of hatched in, in uh, to support that whole e-commerce practice. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big space for us. Well, and let's also talk about the warehousing side of that, yeah. right? You mentioned that you've got four million yes. Square feet, yes. and I would assume that's around the U.S., yes. uh, but if you can tell us specifically the locations, but also I understand that you have the ability to flex and scale with your customers. So talk to us a little bit about that and how that's been helping your customers. Sure, well. sure. Yeah, we, we do. We have uh, just just in, around the four million mark. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of space in the, in the Greensboro, the North Carolina area. We're in Savannah. 
from the Harrisburg area um, in, in our stations are also warehouses. So uh, Los Angeles, Dallas, Chicago, Atlanta, um, and, and, and we're expanding. So, um, you know, being a, a forwarder and a logistics provider and also having space has allowed us to uh, come to our customers. You know, some of our customers, especially with, with COVID and with all the, the supply chain bottlenecks, they couldn't rely on just-in-time inventory anymore. They wanted to get some of that inventory a little bit closer to their markets, and we've been able to pull that into our facilities and, and, nice. uh, and, and help them in, in a lot of ways. So that's been huge. Uh, when, when we don't have the space, because warehouse space right now is in such high demand, short supply. It is. We have partners that we can flex into. Okay. Um, we've been able to do that very successfully and acquire space pretty quickly. And we're very actively looking at new markets to, to, to open. So um, I, I think a lot of our transportation clients who weren't necessarily considering us as their warehouse provider, when they learned we had that capacity, we're very yeah. excited to be able to, because then we, we're, we're a little more integrated, right? We can, we, can, um, we already have their, their trans part, yeah. so yeah, we can, we can offer Well, and it goes back to competitive advantage, yeah. right? When you work with a partner that has the capability to be able to flex and scale with what you need, and we all know there's peak season, yes, right? Yes, yes. We've got yeah, peak coming season. coming right around the corner. I know, we got peak season, we've got slower months and all that kind of stuff, so yeah. it's really good to have a partner like that. Um, now, what do clients come to you with first? Like, what does the onboarding process look like? Yeah. Are they coming to you because of your trucking services? Are they coming to you for forwarding first, maybe warehousing? What does that look like? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, be interesting to see the data. What, anecdotally, <laughs> what, what I can say is, um, we might meet a client because they come to us with an RFP for some truckload lanes. Okay. We might, uh, we might meet them because one of our salespeople, uh, you know, starts talking about trade show and we become a trade show provider. So yeah, it right. often starts with uh, a smaller, you know, a more focused solution. Mm -hmm. And then as they, we get to know them, they get to know us, we build trust and, and you know, we expand into all the modes that we offer. It's, it's also not uncommon for us to go in. Our, in our sales process, we try to be very diagnostic. I, right. I talk a lot about, you know, we don't want to be stockbrokers trying to sell something. We want to be certified financial planners trying to understand where you're trying to go. Okay. So kind of like certified logistics professionals. That's how yeah. it should feel to do business with us. Yeah. So when we go in and we meet, could be like here, maybe a large retailer, we'll, we'll sit down and have kind of that end-to-end -end conversation see where we might be able to help. We yeah. may, we're probably not going to be able to solve every problem, but usually there are a number that we can. So yeah. I would say it's across the board um, how they come to us, but often what we see is those relationships expand as, as uh, you know, we prove ourselves and trust develops and, and the customer yeah. has more, more need. And understanding their goals and what yes. they want to see from their supply chain and sort of working from there on how you can really help them. So if I'm sitting in the audience, what do I look like as an ideal client for you? That's a good question. Um, you know, our ideal clients want to come to the table in earnest and have good strategic conversations. Uh, openness. We, we um, our, our best clients feel like, I think it feels like we work there and they work with us. It's just when you're sitting at the same table, you know, it's, 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 it's collaborative. And right. so the, I, I would say those relationships are the ones where um, we, we tend to be the best solutions provider for the client. They're, they're profitable. They sit, we were able to save them money. We, right. you know, we, we can ring all the bells. And the way we do that is, is openness. I think there's this tendency, I mean, it's, everybody's busy, there's procurement, a lot of things run through RFPs, and yeah. RFPs are, 
they're, they're not going away. Okay. But I, I, I said it downstairs in the, in the customer experience talk yesterday. Even if you run an RFP, I encourage you to really allow your, your logistics provider to have a good diagnostics you know, sales conversation. Yeah. Like really allow for that kind of uh, discovery. And yeah. uh, our, our, our ideal clients probably start that way. If they don't start that way, um, they eventually, you know, we get into those conversations. So, and where we do multiple modes. I, I think um, it, we love it, obviously, if you expand into more, more of our portfolio. But when we see more of what you do and how you do it, and we build that um, understanding, we kind of build our mental map of how your business works, it makes us a better, a better partner and better solutions provider. So That is so true. And yeah. I love that you said that. Now, paint me a picture yeah. of how you've worked with a customer. What was the challenge that they came to you with? What was the solution that you provided? Yeah. And what was the benefit in ROI? We had a we had a pretty interesting uh, case, and it's sort of COVID related. So we have a we have a large uh, uh, home fitness company, and, and everybody you know, there's a lot of people right now probably still hanging their clothes on the home fit, fitness right. equipment they they bought during COVID. Um, so we 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 got this customer uh, pre COVID, and they were shipping out of one location. They had just turned the corner into e commerce. They really okay. were more of a commercial brand, yeah. and they had like a lot of you know, figured out how to, how to create a, an e-commerce and, and a home brand. And so um, they partnered with us um, and then COVID happened. Right. And they went from, you know, the exact numbers, but like 3,000 units a month to 20,000 units. Wow, and they, that's huge. And they were planning on doubling and that would have been a lot and it just went crazy. So now, um, you know, you had all the challenges of capacity constraints, you had all of that and, and now they got to get these things in, in the people's homes during COVID. So we, uh, we were able to go from, from one warehouse and uh, forward stock their inventory into, okay. I want to say it's five, four or five locations around the country. Um, we built, you know, we, we wrapped our net promoter program around that. We, we, I would say we helped them become a, uh, uh, an e-commerce, uh, you know, develop their e-commerce uh, solution. And yeah, it's a, it's a great story. They're still a big customer today. Our services continue to expand. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great partnership. We look at it as a, a partnership. And when yeah. I think of them, when you talk about what does a great customer looks, look like, these are folks that, that we, we sit across the table with and, it, and work through issues and it's, it's fluid and yeah. you know, regular QBRs, lots of discussion. We have a whole team wrapped around what they do. Um, we assign uh, what we call our, our manager of client, uh, relationship, client relations and MCR. And so they have a dedicated resource. We have a control tower that supports them. Um, you asked how we onboard somebody. So we have a very thorough onboarding process. Our executive team is involved in that. We have written SOPs. Our CEO is involved in those conversations. So wow. onboarding is something we take very seriously because we, uh, um, you know, if you plan for it in the beginning, it, it's more likely to go right, you know, Absolutely. You know at the end. So. Well, and to have a reliable partner to go from 3,000 units to 20,000 units and double month over month after yeah. that, I mean, that is just that is just money in the bank, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because you can trust the person that and the company and the team that you're working with. And that yes. is what you really need in a logistics partner. Yes. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's your website? How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, we're, we're at uh, uh, efwnow.com. Um, I like I, that, efwnow.com. EFW now, yeah, right now. Uh, <laughs> efwnow.com, you know, there's, there's a lot of contact info there. Uh, you can reach out to sales at efwnow.com. 
I would love for people to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just you know, uh, you know, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, connect with them and, and get them in touch with the right folks to have a conversation. So amazing. Well, you heard it here today. Logistics provi providers can be your partner and collaborators for the future, and they are somebody that you can rely on, especially when it comes to EFW to really be that partner for you, help you flex and scale with your business, and take a look at the um, logistics. I need to do that again. Take a look at your logistics strategy and make sure that you are doing everything that you can do to have a competitive advantage in your supply chain. So Michael and the team at EFW, thank you so much for joining us Sarah, today. Sarah, it's great to be here, thank you. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast or over to our Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube channel. If you are looking for a solution for a supply chain challenge, make sure to go to our website and use the search bar and put in your keyword because we have most likely had the solution on our show and you can check them out before you even get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week for episode three of our Sifted mini-series, where I'll be joined by Caleb Nelson, Chief Growth Officer, to dive into Sifted's parcel audit solution for shippers, how it can identify and recover lost revenue, how the boom in e-commerce has impacted shippers, and the power of strategic automation. It's going to be a really valuable episode, so make sure that you don't miss it. If you enjoy the show, there's so many ways that you can support us. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can also follow us over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain TikTok. Plus, you can subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com and subscribe to our Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube channel. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And you can get the Supply Chain Dictionary, which is 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions for free, if you go to the Let's Talk Supply Chain Instagram and DM us Talk One. Ships is an intelligent marketplace connecting shippers with the world's best service providers, freight forwarders, 3PLs, and NVOCCs. Communicate and share information throughout the quoting process while easily and securely comparing features, value, and prices. Save time, effort, and money as you book, track, and manage your freight and cargo shipments. Start your journey on ships.com today. And remember, if you would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.